Hello folks and welcome to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. My name is Graham Stevens and I really hope that I can bring a smile to your face. Why do only fools and horses work a lot of Hello there, and welcome back. First up this week, an episode of Round the Horn, entitled The Nuclear Banana. And now, ladies and gentlemen, the show that makes your budgies bounce with health, but does nothing for human beings, Round the Horn! Who is Sylvia? What is she? Whatever became of baby Jane? How much is that doggy in the window? The one with the waggly tail? What is it that's got four wheels and flies all round? These are only a few of the things you won't find out in the next hour. <laughs> as we take you round the hall. again, and here are the answers to last week's questions. First, the where do you stick it question. Well, the answer was, of course, in the family album. Although I would have accepted on the wall, but not up the spout, because it gets, uh, it gets covered in fluff that way. Now, question two came in five parts. The answers were over the waves, under the bed, between two slices of toast, across the Alamo, and up the Edgware Road, as far as the Trappist menswear boutique, and then asked again... Smith, would you announce the next section of this grim farrago? Certainly, sir. Housewives, is your horse oh. red and unsightly? <laughs> Has he the fetlocks you love to touch? No, then give him Dobbyroid, the magic horse rejuvenator with the soft, chewy center. Feed <laughs> your horse on Dobbyroids, Dobbyroids, oh, Dobbyroids. I've warned you about introducing commercials into the show. I need the money, sir. I, I want things. I need things. Things the other announcers have got. Is, is that just vanity and pomp, sir? No, of course not, Smith. I, I understand. No, you don't. Nobody understands. <laughs> I, I can't go on. Yeah, well, somebody's got to make the announcement. Ken, Ken, be a good chap. Be a good chap? Oh, I should Coco. <laughs> oh, I should Coco, Ducky. I'm not a common announcer. I'm a trained thespian. <laughs> I'm trained. No, Ducky, it's just not on. See, I'm not functional. No, I'm decorative. <laughs> ask for Twee. Ask him. Not particular what he does. Bill. <laughs> You'll help us out, won't you? Oh, yes, Mr. Horns. Oh. I'm not too proud. Yes. Yes, I'll do it for you, sir. The likes of me is beholden to the likes of you. You're a gentleman, sir. Oh, good luck, sir. Bless you, sir. It has been a bad year up Bleak Acre Farm. The sheep's gone dry and a cow won't lay. That's me. Oh, all right. And now, Kenneth Horn, Master Spy. My lean brown body scythed into the limpid blue water. <laughs> I turned over on my back and floated lazily, and then adjusting my snorkel, I plunged below the surface. Suddenly, I saw it coming towards me, a killer shark. I slipped off the safety catch of my harpoon and pulled the trigger. The deadly trident cleaved through the water and buried its fangs in the hide of the monster. 
I was safe. I could breathe easily again. I surfaced, pulled out the plug and got out of the bath. <laughs> As the water gurgled down the plug hole, it left a ring. I answered it immediately. Hello. Hello, this is your friendly neighborhood spy here. Oh, Mr. Horn. Thank heavens you're there. Sob, sob, gasp, gasp. I'm in, I'm in terrible, terrible trouble. Gulp, gulp, sob, gasp. I'm in the apartment opposite. Would you come across? The drop of a hat. <laughs> right now, right now, Mr. Horn, I'm desperate. I came home five minutes ago to find my father, the well-known atomic scientist, missing. The butler and maid dead. And the chauffeur has disappeared. Why are you phoning me? Well, you know how bored you can get on your own. <laughs> I thought a bit of company would be nice. I'll be over immediately. I thought you'd never get here. I'm Dr. Sigmund Ayer's daughter, Frida. Free to my friend. Oh. <laughs> oh, I see. Free air. Yes, but you have to buy four gallons. Authors wish to thank the publishers of the Occult Gazette and the Amateur Fishmonger, in which that joke first appeared in 1911. <laughs> but back to the... <laughs> you'll excuse the expression... plot. Now, Mr. Horn, I think my father has been kidnapped by a certain unnamed foreign power which we cannot name called Russia. <laughs> They're after his nuclear-powered remote control, guided banana... Oh, they must not get it. Only you can stop them. She raised a tear-stained face to me on the end of a pole. <laughs> she was lovely but wanton, but I knew that if I had my way, she wouldn't be wanton long. <laughs> she kissed me and fanned my ardor. <laughs> I returned the kiss, fanning her ardor. Then, then she spoke her voice, a husky whimper of entreaty. Would you mind fanning me a bit harder? It's hot. <laughs> I caressed that swan-like neck. I stroked that cute, tip-tilted little nose, and I ran my fingers through that luxuriant, silky hair. She spoke again. Stop fiddling with yourself and pay some attention to me! <laughs> I pulled her roughly towards me in my bronze, sinewy arms and pressed my cruel lips against her, uh, 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 Smith. Yes, sir? Draw a veil over what transpires next, will you? <laughs> Certainly, sir. That evening found Master Spy Horn at MI5 headquarters being briefed. Oh, there you are, Horn. You are now briefed and a very nicely look on you, too. <laughs> now, about the missing physicist, I have reason to believe he's been kept prisoner by stench in East Berlin. It's going to be a tough assignment. Two days later, Master Spy Horn made contact with his opposite number at Checkpoint Charlie. Horn, MI5. Fritz Wolfgang von Schlachtenhofen, Grunwald und Haberstadt, American CIA. I shall want some help over the wall into East Berlin. That's what I'm here for. Okay, synchronize your watch with mine. 2300 hours. Right. Seek Friedman out. Shouldn't that be Roger? No, Roger is drunk. <laughs> you better rely on secret. Right. You ready to go over the wall? Good. Climb on my shoulder. <laughs> there. Still can't reach. All right, stay where you are. I'll climb on your shoulder. <laughs> there. 
Yes. Hang on a minute. What are we both standing on? I picked a fine time to bring that up. Yes. Well, now, how do I get into East Berlin now? There are several ways. You can tunnel your way under the wall, sneak through disguise as an old apple woman. It's an old trick, but it might just not work. You can dynamite your way in, you can bulldoze your way through with the tank, or you can go on the tram like everyone else does. Then there's an all-day spying excursion leaving tomorrow morning. Go on that, but be back before midnight or else you have to pay six pfennigs extra. <laughs> Once in East Berlin, I headed for a bar called the Pig Dog und Whistle. Well, I knew I could pick up some information. The barmaid, a buxom Rhine maiden, brought me a beer stein and plonked it down on the beer steined uh, tablecloth. You... <laughs> You are a stranger here. What do you want, my hair? Well, your hair, anybody's hair. Please, please, that is good. You want to buy Americano cigarette? Hmm? You are looking perhaps for a little female company. Hmm? Well, actually, I'm looking for a nuclear physicist. Will be difficult, but I fix. Come, follow me. She led me down some steps and through a door into what looked like a garage. Suddenly, I realized too late. It was a trap. Before me stood my adversary, the head of stench, Dr. Chu N. Ginsberg. Ah, Holland. Ah, Chu. Bless you. <laughs> ah, welcome return of old joke. Yes. I, <laughs> I thought we'd heard the last of that one. Not knowing our writers. Look at this script. Aha, 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 aha. And on for pages. Rubbish, utter rubbish. They, they won't service me, Jackie. I've asked them. I pleaded with them. I want servicing, I said. You see? It's your fault. I'm sure you let them get away with any old tripe. They've never had it so good. Never had it so good, those two. Before they come on this show, they never had it at all. <laughs> it's true, I... Oh, I think I'll make the rest up as I go along. Sort of instant Kenneth Williams. <laughs> Just add an egg, right eyes down for a full flash finish. All right, Chu Ginsberg. What have you done with the nuclear physicist and the atomic banana? Ah, yes, the atomic... The what? <laughs> the atomic banana. Now, pay attention, Williams. It was on page 15. I don't remember it. Oh, no. <laughs> Who must have slipped that one in while I was at the back having my sandwiches? <laughs> Atomic banana, is it? Ooh. They've hit a new low this week, haven't they? <laughs> yes, Mr. Hahn, I have the nuclear physicist here. I have Blaine washed him. And now I am going to Blaine wash you. Blaine? Blaine! As in chill. <laughs> you see this machine over here? Giant new automatic five-minute blame wash. Only 12 and 6. Well, I'm sorry, I haven't done a change. Foiled! Blah! <laughs> I see, as in brass furnace. <laughs> Precisely. But still have one flick up my sleeve with some loveliest of all my concubines. Lotus Blossom! <laughs> Oh, mighty droopy drawn. <laughs> Got no effect. No 
and girls all the same. All right, darling. Mr. Horner must not be allowed to escape. You know what to do. Give him the old one-two. Right. One, two. Keep your stunning tie up. Up. Behind the tie. Get Now the Fraser Hayes Fall. I like to be fancy free. I like to live young. I like the old merry-go-round. I like to play lover, but don't like to get stung. I like my two feet on the ground. I may date a girl lightly and kiss her politely, but will she get under my skin? part of the show that keeps you up to date with what today's people are doing. Trends. Our first trendy people in the studio with us today, we have celebrated society and show business astrologer, Morris Woodrot. Greet- <laughs> greetings, especially to those born under the sign of Scorpio, Sagittarius and Pisces. <laughs> Yes, well, now you've made some absolutely amazing predictions in the past, Mr. Woodrock. Uh, yes, that is quite so. Last year I prophesied the actual date on which Christmas would fall. 
uh, eight months before the actual event. And, you know, I wish only one day out. <laughs> Absolutely amazing. Uh, no, not really, no. I'm gifted with a second side. Uh, would you care to stick your neck out and make a personal prediction, uh, about me, for instance? Ah, uh, well, let me see now. You're Pisces, aren't you? Yes. A sudden surprise is in store for you, as a result of which you will have to take immediate and drastic action. And this will all take place in just about ten seconds. How can you be sure? Just slipped a ferret down your trousers. <laughs> Friends in music, today we are delighted, well, perhaps delighted is an understatement, we are horrified to welcome back that doyen of folk singers, rambling Sid Rumpo. Now, follow me, dearie, for I'll wordle me scroop till the grusset man comes. Yes, yes. <laughs> yes, you do that, yes. Where have you been rambling lately? Well, after I got my last golden disco, I thought I had to throw off the trammels of urban civilization and get back to the essential rudiments, the simple necessities. Well, like what? This bird I got in San Tropez. <laughs> I have been rummaging in my gander bag for a ditty with which to gladden your old hero, and I'm going to sing you a very picturesque and amusing old country song. It tells the story of an orangutan who would a wooing go. <laughs> so off he goes in his best top hat, singing, Dingle me dandle, follow me leader, rumple stiltskin, hey ho, gammon and spinach. <laughs> But that doesn't make sense. No, but you must admit it's not bad for an orangutan. <laughs> and, and then he and then he comes to old Mrs. Errol's door and he says to her, Oh, Mrs. Errol, I would fain take you for my wife. Only Mrs. Errol don't want to know him. Not surprising, really. I mean, an orangutan and a top hat is not much of a bargain. <laughs> yes, so he runs away to sea in a sieve. <laughs> and, of course, he drowns. <laughs> but as he goes down for the third time, he sings, Now all you gay bachelors, listen to me. Dingle, dangle, gammon and spinach. Never get wet if you want to stay free. With a dingle, dangle, riddle me posset. <laughs> I'll wallow me gammon and rattle me spree. Spree. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh I think I've rattled it. <laughs> Well, it shouldn't you. <laughs> Thank you, Rambling Sid. Thank you. Not at all. And we all look forward to what we hope will be your next record, the Rambling Sid Rumper Memorial Album. <laughs> and now, live from London, if you call that living, the Seamus Android Show. <laughs> and tonight, Seamus's guests are Lord Genghis Wilkinson the well-known dancing cloakroom attendant, Lorita <laughs> E. Elf with Clarissa, the performing centipod, and Sid Judd, the Bishop of Tel Aviv. <laughs> now, here is your host, Seamus Android.
Well, now, hello and welcome. Now, our first guest was come here personally to be here himself, no, in person. <laughs> All the way from the pub next door, shy, bespectacled ex-Smithfield porter, now star of films like the Ipswich file, Michael Bain. Hello, and welcome to the show, shy, bespectacled ex-Smithfield porter. Now, you've come a long way from your beginnings in the East End, Michael. Has it changed you at all? No, see, I mean, we all living under the shadow of the bomb, aren't we? I mean, futile struggling, it won't get you anywhere. At least that's what I tell all the birds I number back to my flat. And you have quite a reputation. You have quite a reputation with women, haven't you? You're constantly being seen in smart night spots with models and film stars and the like. Yeah, well, it takes your mind off living under the shadow of the bomb, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. Well, today, you yourself are a big star, personally. Uh, how do you find it? Just snap my fingers and they come running, don't they? <laughs> my next. My next guest is lovely aging film star, Miss Jaja Poltergeist. Uh, welcome back on the show, Jaja. Hello, sweetheart. <laughs> oh, it is my pleasure. That's what I heard, darling. Uh, yes. Well, uh... Yes, well, all right. Now, uh... Now, uh... Michael and I have just been discussing marriage. No, we haven't. We're talking about birds. And, uh... <laughs> and, Georgia, we'd like to know what you think are the qualities of the perfect wife. Uh, first of all, I think she should be a woman. Mm. How true those words are even today. <laughs> <laughs> and she should take an interest in her husband's business. I do. About 75% generally. Well, thank you, Jar Jar, and good luck with it. <laughs> now, we've got a surprise for you because sitting up there, we've got some of your ex-husbands. What? In the audience? Uh, they are the audience. <laughs> All right. All right, now, our last guest tonight is a Hollywood film director, Daryl F. Klapanger. Hello, Daryl. Uh, how are you yourself, Buster? Sashay your fat can out of here. <laughs> Hog the camera. <laughs> well, now, now you accorded... Go back to my place after the show. Drinks after the show, okay. Now, you accorded a saying recently that you were going to make specialized films for the overseas market. That's right, yes. Yeah. Would you like to elucidate? Don't give me them $10 words, Mac. You're <laughs> just as ignorant as I am. I double G N U R R E N T, ignorant. <laughs> and I'm proud of it. I'm a simple homespun, small town boy who's made good. I'm part of the American dream, the part you have just before you wake up screaming. <laughs> yeah, come on. What sort of pictures? What sort of pictures are these that you're making? Well, my boy, a whole new market in the Middle East. I'm remaking big pictures, especially for showing in Israel. Oh, how do you mean exactly? Well, for instance, we're remaking Murray Poppins. Uh, <laughs> never on Saturday. <laughs> but my 
figures it's going to be an adaptation of Ian Fleming's Thunderball. We're calling that a Matzo Ball. <laughs> well, I'm sure. I'm sure we could go on talking all night if only I could think of something to say. <laughs> but before I sign off, I have a postcard here from a viewer who makes a very interesting suggestion. But in spite of that, I'll be back next week. <laughs> Well, that brings us to the end of our show, except for the hangover question, which is, whatever was I doing dancing naked in the fountain in Trafalgar Square last night? Answers, please, to my solicitors, Gross Harbour, <laughs> Gross Harbour, Gross Harbour, Landlust and Gladys, <laughs> cell block three, Dartmoor. Cheerio, see you next week. This show came to you by the courtesy of Dobbyroid's Magic Horse Rejuvenators. I like a horse who likes me enough to give me a Dobbyroid. <laughs> Appearing in it were Kenneth Vaughan with Kenneth Williams, Hugh Paddock, Betty Marsden and Bill Pertwee. On the musical side, you heard the Fraser Hayes Four and Edwin Braden and the Hornblowers. The script was written by Barry Took and Marty Feldman and the show is produced by John Simmons. You are listening to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 FM. And that was an episode of Round the Horn entitled Nuclear Banana. Now here are the Navy Larks with Johnson's Diet. Ladies and gentlemen, we present the Navy Lark with our three stars, Leslie Phillips, Stephen Murray, and John Pertwee. In everyone's life, there's always a day of reckoning. Usually, it's a Monday, when you check the laundry they've let you have back eventually and find that boiler suits, gents, white one is missing. Again. Something has gone wrong with the bookkeeping, of course. But this can happen to anyone, even the Admiralty. Come on, the baby's 
Club Sportsmouth. What? Did you say that was old thunder, Gutsoffish? Um, well, yes, I said I did. Blimey. When I get a wrong number, I hit the jackpot, don't I? Hello, hello. Who is it, Mabel? Wrong number, Commander Pervis. Yeah, more inefficiency. My phone calls are never wrong numbers. Well, they wouldn't dare to be, would they? <laughs> will you answer it or shall I? I will. And heaven help them if it's a wrong number this time. That's what I was thinking. Hello. <laughs> this is intelligent speaking. <laughs> I never have known. That's, that's what everybody says. <laughs> uh, hang on a tick. Commander Bracewell wants a word. Hang on a tick? Well, I wonder he didn't call me old man. Hello, old man. You know. <laughs> Bracewell here. Uh, morning, Commander. Don't know if it would help at all, but we seem to have got one frigate too many. What? <laughs> Bit of a shaker, isn't it? What? According to records, we ought to have 157 frigates. Well? Well, we've got 158. Well, that's ridiculous. <laughs> oh, outrageously, yeah. Oh, really? But, 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 but how do I come into this? Which frigate can't you account for? <laughs> Guess, old man. Yeah. Troutbridge. I should have known Troutbridge. That's the one. We don't seem to have got any record of her at all. But you must have. Oh, no, we haven't. The thing that fascinates me is who paid for her. Admiral, they didn't. But this is absolutely ludicrous. But, but that would mean that the whole of the island draft are serving in a ship that doesn't exist. Oh, heaps of coal on my head. So it does. <laughs> I say, this is getting a bit big, isn't it? I knew we should never have had that checkup. Mm, I say you better have another one and quickly, just to see what... Oh, no. Oh, 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 oh no. Oh, this is just what I've been waiting for. What is? I've been trying to get that draft split up for years, and this is my golden opportunity. If Troutbridge doesn't exist officially, then every man jack of them is available for another draft immediately. Well, yes, I suppose. Oh, happy day! Oh, I'm really going to enjoy myself sorting out a few uh, unusual drafts for that conniving bunch of layabouts. Look, uh, steady on, steady on, baby. <laughs> Obviously, it must be just a paper error somewhere. I mean, it's happening all the time here. Well, this is one I'm going to act on, and act quickly. Oh, oh, oh. oh they'll be on foreign service so long, by the time they get back, they won't even speak English. What I said. <laughs> <laughs> If it don't fit, tie him up with string. Good morning. Good <laughs> morning, Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> Johnson. <laughs> now, come on, cut that out. <laughs> You're not getting anything to eat, and that's final. Food. Food, Johnson wants some grub. Now you don't. You're on a diet. I do want to be on a diet. I want to wear me knife and fork out. Food! All right. All right, that's enough. That's all you keep saying, that's enough. I haven't had sufficient to keep a sparrow flying. Well, you don't want to fly anywhere, do you? 
Yes, I do. Straight to the Gallic. Steak and kidney pud for Johnson, please. Two dumplings, roast and boiled. Bread and butter to follow, then I'll have a bit of cheese. I'll tell you no. what you're going to have. You'll have two alabama oil tabulates. <laughs> yeah. And to follow a glass of parsley water, and that's a lot. Probably will be, you know. <laughs> if I don't get some food soon, they'll be carrying me out of here feet first. <laughs> well, at least they'll be able to get you through the door. You're rotten, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. You'll be a nice thin boy before very long. I don't want to be thin. I want to be fat. Rub-a-dub-dub, Johnson's a tub. Woo! <laughs> all right, all right. You'll only get one alabadoil tablet in a minute. Now, come on, get on the scales. I don't want to get on the scales. Anyway, I haven't got the strength. Come on, come on, Johnson. Get on them. I don't know. I, 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 I don't know. I don't understand it. I just don't understand it. You've been on this diet for a fortnight. You've only lost three ounces. <laughs> I don't know. You, you, you should have lost a couple of stones. Yeah, you see, he's not doing any good. Food! Hot dinners! Hot dinners for Johnson! Food! Look, look, Johnson, look, I've told you before. We're going to persevere. I'll get you down to a ton if we have to keep you on this diet for this you're expected. You're rotten, that's what you are, rotten. No, I'm not. Rot diddy rotten. I'm starving and you're rotten. Oh, there. Yep, who is it? Abel Seaman Goldstein, Chief. I brought a letter. Any bill? No. It's a friend. <laughs> Morning, Chief. Morning, Taffy. Morning, Skinny. <laughs> Although, come to think of it, you're the fattest looking skinny I've ever seen. Yeah, progress is a little slow, Taffy, I'll admit. You know, we've only got three ounces of him in a fortnight. <laughs> oh, you'll feel all the better for it, I'm sure. I don't want to feel better, I want to feel fatter. Starving, that's what I am. Starving! Look, will you put a sock in it? I can't, I've eaten them all. <laughs> all right, all right. Look, take no notice of him, Taffy. Come on, give us the mail. Now, it's all for Johnson, Chief. Again? What, all of it? Oh, two parcels and three large envelopes. Give it me, then. Come on, I want me... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a... Wait a minute. <laughs> three ounces in a fortnight and suddenly parcels and, uh, and large envelopes every day. Hand him over, then. Hand him over. Why, you... you greedy gutting cheat? <laughs> You've been having food posted, haven't you? No, I haven't. I've been taking him washing. Come on, all right, all right, come on. Come on, open them up. Come on, open them up, Taffy. No chance, chance. If you don't open them up, you're not getting them. Guard them, Taffy, guard them. Oh, got them? Oh, oh. Too late, oh, I've got them. Now then. Yeah, all right. Let's see what's in here. Good. Cool. Stow me. A supermart. <laughs> oh, look at it, look at it, Taffy, look at this. Look, tins of pears, peaches... Apricots, bread, butter, corned beef, luncheon meat, and a gravy cube. <laughs> Liney's been having even more than he usually does. What's in the large envelopes, Johnson? Envelopes? Oh, they're, uh, they're books in there. They're B13. All right, all right. Come on, let's have a look. Let's have a look. I thought so. And sandwiches. <laughs> Give me back me food. I want me bundles for fat, so... Food! Helter! You're rotten. Cool. Hello? Try 
Hello, Stella. What number are you calling? Oh, yours, Chief. Uh, one moment, or I'll put you... Well, um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, it's you, sir. <laughs> Chief, I want you over here in my office at once. Uh, Commander Purvey is here and has some information which should absolutely fascinate you. Me, sir? Yes, you, sir. What, they made me first sea lord? <laughs> well, not quite so fascinating as that, but I think you'll find the news pretty intriguing. I'm on my way, sir. Good boy. You going out, Chief? Yeah, I am. Will you be long at all? Ah, possibly a year or two. Ah. But it won't do you any good because I'm taking your parcels of proteins with me. Well, you're rotten, absolutely stinking rotten. You're a grub bandit, that's what you are. <laughs> I say, Heather, mm-hmm. are you sure old Thunderguts is still in Number One's office? Well, unless Number One has chucked him out of the window, yes. Oh, I should hardly think that's likely. We'd have heard the crash of glass. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you mean he hasn't come out of the door yet? <laughs> you are the sharp one today. Really? No, not really. <laughs> I wonder what they're talking about. They've been in there an awfully long time. Well, why don't you go and join them? No, thanks. I'm not that curious. Well, in that case, perhaps you'll let me get on with my work. Well, oh, yes, of course. Yes, I didn't realize I was interrupting you. You have been every three minutes for the past hour. Oh, sorry. I say, Heather. Oh, really? It must be something pretty big, you know. Well, I wish I had something pretty big and then I could hit you with it. What? Oh, I'm, I'm interrupting again, aren't I? You are. I won't do it again. I'm sorry, I wasn't thinking. Well, that's hardly a novelty. <laughs> well, I'm sorry, but a chap's got to do something. Well, then, for goodness sake, Nick will make a rug. As a matter of fact, I, I did make a rug once <laughs> for the Mater's Hall. Good. Now you can make another one. Well, there's not much point, really. We've never been able to do anything with the first one. Why not? We haven't got a hall 80 feet long and three inches wide. Oh, I see. Uh, excuse me, uh, Mr. Phillips, uh, uh, number one sent for me. Oh, did he say what it was about, by any chance? Oh, no, something to do with Commander Povey, sir. I suppose you don't happen to know what it was said. No, I wish I did. Well, I wish one of you would find out so I could get some work done. Oh, I'm sorry, Ella. Well, what are you doing? Well, she's making a rug. <laughs> but, no, I mean, I mean she, she's making a fuss about her pom-pom. <laughs> I am trying to type some letters. <laughs> oh, well, I think I'll wait here for a bit. We're all having a bit of a giggle. (laughs) 
was hoping, uh, I was hoping you'd know what this was all about before Chauncey stuck his head in the lion's mouth. I haven't got a clue, actually. <laughs> Who could argue with that? I don't know. I don't like it. Uh, I don't like it at all. Rium. 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 Living Living Oh, come on, Chief. Come in. Uh, Sub-Lieutenant Rudd making. Uh, <laughs> I, I, I mean, uh, Chief Petty Officer Pompon. Uh, 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 this is Living Doll Phillips report. <laughs> you know, number one, the day he got into the Royal Navy was probably England's darkest hour. Yes, agreed, Commander Povey. Fortunately, we've recovered, but I think Living Doll is still in the dark. <laughs> yeah, with, um, with all due respect, sir, could we know what's going on? Oh, we, we don't know if we're in the muck or getting medals. <laughs> Certainly, Chief. And believe me, I can hardly wait to tell you. That settles it, we're in the muck. <laughs> Not only us, Chief, the entire Navy is, really. They seem to have borrowed a frigate, but don't know who from. I Come again, sir. Well, according to Commander Bracewell and Intelligence, there is no record of Troutbridge whatsoever. Officially, she doesn't belong to the Royal Navy at all. Oh, that's ridiculous. <laughs> it must be an error in the paperwork or something. Agreed. But it's an error which I intend to take full advantage of before it's rectified. Uh, in uh, what uh, delicately diabolical way? <laughs> I don't know. We're about to join the rest of the Navy and see the world, Chief. What? You, you don't mean drafted, sir? Oh, but I do. Ah, living doll. <laughs> oh, I don't know about living doll. I think we're dead ducks. <laughs> but, sir, I, 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 don't, I don't want to go abroad. I don't speak their language. <laughs> well, cheer up. You make a right mess of ours at times. <laughs> but uh, what about Troutbridge, Commander Poody, sir? I mean, who's going to... Troutbridge is no concern of mine. For the moment, Chief. Officially, you have no ship. And therefore, you're all available for drafting to faraway places with strange-sounding names. And I'm going to see that you are drafted. <laughs> lovely, son. Lovely, lovely. <laughs> cool. <laughs> I'm sure we're going to be very cozy in our new abode. Every five years, we'll get a seven-day leave and a free rickshaw warrant. <laughs> it won't be much good to you, will it, Chief? No, sir. I, I mean, won't it, sir? Now, for one thing, within a week, you'd have taken over all the rickshaws and be running them yourself. <laughs> I do wish you wouldn't give him any ideas, sir. He gets them quite fast enough on his own. Yeah, I do, sir. I don't think I'm getting a smattering of one at the moment. Ah, splendid. I was hoping you would have. Yeah, Commander Poody, sir. Am I to understand that you've, um, you're having us drafted because Troutbridge doesn't belong to their lordship? 
Not until that fool Bracewell sorts his office out. And by the time that happens, it'll be too late for you, Lot. Y'all have been split up at last. Uh, yeah, yeah, possibly, sir, possibly, and then possibly, uh, not. Well, go on, Chief. Uh, not for the moment, sir, no. Thanks. <laughs> no, I need, a li- I need a little time, sir, you know, to work out certain, uh, details. Mm. Well, a bit of chocolate, then. I'm, I'm sorry, Pastor. There's nothing in the office. Oh, I'm starving. Oh. We got a bit of chocolate. Yeah. Mr. Phillips. Mr. Phillips. Mr. Phillips, sir. You don't happen to have an acid drop in your pocket, do you? I don't mind if it's got fluff on it, you know. <laughs> it, it all helps to fill up, doesn't it? Now, sorry, you, you could try the signals office. I was in there earlier, and somebody had left a lump of sugar in a saucer. I suppose they didn't want it in their cup of... Uh... Don't worry! <laughs> Johnson! Johnson! Good gracious. Where have they gone? What? The heads off the flowers in that barn. <laughs> Surely he can't have eaten. Oh, yes, he can. I wonder why he left the stalks. <laughs> I mean, they're the best part. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, Mr. Phillips, have you seen Abel Seaman Johnson about at all, sir? Yes, he seems to have been doing a spot of gardening in here with his teeth. Oh, oh stone me. He's been having snacks between meals again, hasn't he? His dad is making him a proper little scavenger. Yeah, I'll say, Peace. The place has never been so tidy. <laughs> well, even if, even if you pick up an old toffee paper these days, it's not sticky. <laughs> he lost now? A couple of stones. A couple of stone? Four ounces. I forgot to put the dustbins out of bounds until this morning. <laughs> Has anybody got a bit of chewing gum? Chewing gum, sir? Yes, I had a piece under the leg of my desk to stop it wobbling and it's gone. <laughs> yeah. And we all know where, don't we? If it's edible, that's how we'll find it. Uh, any uh, any news from Commander Povey yet? Oh, not yet, Chief. It's odd, isn't it? He's mm. had three days now. I wonder why we haven't heard anything. Oh, well, I, I think we will any time now, sir. Oh, why? Well, I took the liberty of saying that he got a copy of this in his post tray at Portsmouth this morning. Oh, what is it? It's a, it's a pamphlet. A pamphlet a certain relative of mine in the printing trade knocked out for me, sir. <laughs> what do you say, sir? Oh, just a minute. In the main office of the island draft, grand auction. Main item being an ex-naval vessel. <laughs> Only one owner. Mechanically sound. All mod con. A snip of a ship. <laughs> no reasonable offer refused. Inspection invited. Apply the CPF. What the blazes do you... It's a, a threat to catch a thunder gun. <laughs> Go on. Yeah, I was about to say. You see, look, if Commander Povey would get Commander Braceful to uh, get a move on, sorting his, uh, his files out, we'd be in the clear. Well, that chance of him doing that. He's too keen to get us drafted. Yeah, exactly, sir. The only thing he'd rather do is court martialists. 
Ah, that's true. Yeah, well, if he should receive a communication suggesting a certain naval draft was, was auctioning off one of our lordship's frigates, well, I, I imagine he'd consider that would be good enough for a court-martial. Wouldn't you, sir? Let me, I should say that. Ah, but of course it would have to be proved that the frigate was their lordship's property first, wouldn't it, Chief? Yeah, beyond all shadow of a doubt. In fact, he's probably on the phone blistering Commander Bracewell's ears right now. To a cinder, sir. Hello, main office. This is Commander Povey, Portsmouth. Give me number one at once. Now, aye, aye, sir. It's guess who for you, sir. Yes, I thought it might be. Hello, number one here, sir. What the devil's going on over there? Um, nothing much, sir. We're having an auction. I auction? I'll say you are. But I've heard about it, and this time you've gone too far. I'm going to court-martial the lot of you. But whatever for, sir. We're not auctioning any admiralty property. We'll see about that. Commander Bracewell and I are coming over immediately. Well, I rather wanted to attend this auction, sir. What? You're not put a stop to that nonsense at once, do you hear? That vessel is admiralty property. Oh, but I understood. Never mind what you understood. Stop that auction. Hooked, sir. <laughs> well and truly, Chief. <laughs> Incidentally, I trust we're not all going to be court-martialed. No, I'll say it's very unlikely, sir. Very unlikely indeed. Oh, good. Just so long as Commander Povey attends the auction, sir... We're in the clear. Oh, I think we can rely on that, Chief. <laughs> Lovely, sir. Now, if you'll excuse me, sir, I've uh, one or two relatives I must contact with all speed. Well, this is all very distressing news, Commander Povey, so Troutbridge does officially belong to Admiralty after all. Of course she does, and you knew she did all along. Well, with all due respect, sir, so did you, but not, um... Officially. I still don't understand what went wrong. You see, it was purely a boob in the old office work. Happens all the time in my lot. I'd forgotten the trout bridge is a conversion job. Oh, I see. Do you? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, bags of dim nut. <laughs> <clears throat> Look here, Troutbridge was a destroyer until she was converted into a frigate. Well, what about it? Well, that's it. Like a fool, I still had everything about her filed under destroyer. Incredibly, nobody spotted it. Well, how could they? What do you mean? Well, you just said you'd had Troutbridge files destroyed. No, no, man. <laughs> Let's try again. Oh, no, I've just thought of something. What? Well, now Troutbridge is listed amongst the frigates officially... I must be a destroyer, Sean. No. <laughs> well, not to worry, old man. She'll turn up somewhere. They always do. Excuse me, sir, but Chief Old Poetry says the auction's underway, sir, if you want to attend. Oh, well, we're rather... What, uh, what's that? You knew perfectly... Oh, come on. This way, sir. Just outside. Come in now. Come along, Chief. Please. Now, don't be shy. We're all friends here. <laughs> you speak for yourself. It's odd. Sounded like Uncle Ebenezer Pertwee. Why odd, sir? It was Nunkey. Look, the whole lot of them are Pertwees. A wagon load of Nunkeys. <laughs> so they are. Looks like the rogues gallery at Scotland Yard. All right, now, then, now. Fifty quid and this. Fifty quid, a paltry fifty nicker for this magnificent clock. Hey, then, what you're doing? You're living the yard. No, 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 it's serious. Now, come along here. Now, then, what did I hear? What did I hear? What? 
51, that's more like it. 51 lovely pounds. Hurt me, hurt me. Stop this at once. What do you think you're doing? Uh, auctioneering, sir. <laughs> would, you, uh, would you care to have a bid? A fine ex-naval vessel, sir, known and loved by us all. The like of which very, very rarely comes on the market, sir. Pertwee, if you think you can get away with this, you've blundered. Two hundred? Ah, two hundred. Did you say two hundred? I said two hundred bits. Two hundred pounds. Oh, wait. You're in for the first time. Pertwee, stop this. You're in for the second time. Pertwee, I... Stop! <laughs> One ex-naval vessel sold for two hundred pounds to the gent with the girl played in the booming voice. <laughs> oh... Congratulations, sir. This is ludicrous. A senior officer bidding for a frigate belonging to the... Frigate, sir? Frigate? Who said anything about a frigate? What? Well, you did. You've just thought... Oh, no, 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 sir. No, no. No, sir. Ex-naval vessel was the term, sir. Oh, dear. I think I know what you've bought, sir. Number one, for pity's sake, what on earth's going on? Well, sir, I imagine you just bid 200 pounds for Uncle Ebenezer's tug. What? <laughs> Ebenezer's tug? Correct, sir. Absolutely correct. As I'm sure all the gentlemen here are fully prepared to witness. At yes. a price, of course. Oh, definitely. I heard you, sir. Yes, yes. you see, sir, they are. <laughs> I thought you were auctioning trout bridge. Auctioning trout bridge? <laughs> How could you think a thing like that? Um, she's naval property. <laughs> now, if I could just have your checks of 200 quid. I won't pay. Day. It's a trick. I won't pay. <laughs> you will have your little joke, sir. <laughs> oh, very laughable, sir. I mean, if you Welsh and monkey should happen to few. And I would. Oh, I mean. <laughs> I mean, the publicity set a tragic end to a promising naval career. I'm afraid you had to pay up, Commander Bobby. Two hundred pounds! I'll be ruined! Oh, what a shame. <laughs> this way, sir. You can use my desk to write the check. Ruined! I'm ruined! Hello, Chief. Hi, Johnson. You pulled that off all right, then. Ah, just, Johnson, just. Oh, they might fault the whole time. They got to jump to conclusions, was it? Eh? Yeah. <laughs> Still, Nunkie's tug did gallant service with the Navy. In the 1418 war. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what he'll do with that. He's... Here, just a minute. You laughed. That's the first time you've laughed for weeks. Is it, Chief? Yes, and you haven't asked for food. <laughs> That's how. That's how well have you been? Round the galley while you were auctioneering. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've had steak and kidney pudding, chips, mashed potatoes and cabbage. You gorging greedy guts! You eat cheat! Cheat and pudding and custard, apple fritters and cream, four vanilla oysters with wafers, of course, bread and cheese, nuts, and wood. Stephen Murray and John Pertley working their passage in the Navy Lark, written by Laurie Wyman. Leslie Phillips was the sub-lieutenant, Stephen Murray was the number one, John Pertley was the chief petty officer. Commander Pervy was played by Richard Caldicott, Abel Seaman Johnson was Ronnie Barker, Heather was Heather Chasen, Commander Bracel was played by Michael Bates, and Abel Seaman Goldstein was Tenniel Evans. The recorded production was by Alistair Scott Johnson. You have been listening to the Comedy Corner here on Coast Access Radio 104.7 of them. And that was an episode of The Navy Lark, entitled Johnson's Diet. That's all for this week, folks, so until I speak to you again next week, this is Graham Stevens saying, keep smiling.
We've got some off-price crack ties, some miles and miles of carpet tiles, TVs, deep freeze, and David Bowie LPs, all games, gold chains, worst names, and Edda Push, and Trevor Francis track suits from a mush and shepherd's bush. Push, 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 push. No income tax, no VAT, no money back, no guarantee. Black or white, rich or poor, we'll cut prices at a straw. This program is made with assistance from New Zealand On Air for radio broadcast and through the accessmedia.nz website. Thank you, New Zealand On Air.